Steve, and I am here today with our very own Dr. Josh. I love this guy. We have so much fun together. And Josh, tell people, just in case they don't know who you are, just a little kind of couple quick little nuggets about who you are. Well, thanks, Steve. I'm a licensed psychologist. I have worked in hospitals, in outpatient settings, a lot with adolescents. Uh, I ran a program for adolescent self-injury. Now I do a lot of work in the research evaluation analytics world to be able to look at what's effective and not effective and hopefully help advocate for better services across the country. Well, we are very grateful to have you as part of the Utah crew and you bring some very valuable input. And, and today I thought it would be interesting to talk about something that is, it's concerning me with a lot of young adults. And it's the area of suicide. Yeah. Um, and of course, every year we have a month that's Suicide Awareness Month and there's suicide hotlines. And I got to be honest, it breaks my heart when I hear about a young adult that has decided they no longer want to live. And um, I'm glad that a lot of them don't succeed in attempting that exit but there are too many that do. And of course, you know, in my own community, we had, at the start of school year, we had four young adults take their lives within 10 days. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So yeah. when it comes to suicide, what's the first thing, and, and you're thinking about a young adult, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? There's so many aspects to this. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and one of the things to consider is suicide is a massively leading cause of death in youth and young adults, one of the biggest leading causes. Yeah, of death. is it not the second leading cause of death I, I right now? It, I think it is. I, I think it's um, accidents of some sort, car accidents, things like that. I think suicide, and I think the third, believe it or not, is homicide. It, it might, it might be. It's been a while since I've looked at the yeah. statistics, and I think at one point it even exceeded car accidents. Yes, and depending on areas of the country, mm -hmm. it's things to to look at and think about. It can vary dramatically from area to area. A big part of, I think, a question to look at is, in some ways, the nature of suicide and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Why does somebody want to die? Exactly. Well, and you know, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I, I speak, uh, I do school assemblies and talk about bullying and talk yeah. about suicide choices and so on at, at middle schools and high schools. And every single, without exception, every single student that has come up to me afterwards who has attempted suicide told me the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Steve? I really didn't want to die. Yeah. I just wanted the pain to stop. And, and that's a great point. You know, and I, I was realizing even just as I said the phrase, why do, you know, do they want to die? I, I mean, really, even I as a licensed psychologist misspoke there. A lot of times it's one of the myths around suicide is that people want to die. Mm -hmm. Now, in some cases, somebody wants to die. They do. But by and large, it's death is less painful than what I'm experiencing oh. right now. There's a lot of things about the language we use around oh. suicide, around, frankly, a lot of issues mm -hmm. that are, are worth considering. I mean, even the language that we're using here around suicide attempt and not succeeding, those actually have an implied piece of failing then. If something has been attempted and not succeeded, that's a failing which is not what we're intending so, to So I need to, you need to work with me in cleaning up my language. And I mean, seriously. This is a really good example yeah. of both of us, right here in now, <laughs> unintentionally using language that can actually contribute to misunderstanding, Ooh. can contribute to stigma, Ooh. can contribute to uh, discrimination, mm -hmm. and in some ways almost a lack of empathy or mm -hmm. less empathy 
And we're wanting to help. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's, uh, and I do recall you sent me a link to some articles about language. I haven't had a chance to look at those, but uh, now I even have even more motivation. (laughs) Not that I didn't before because I always preach everything you send me. But um, what can we do then? How can we, somebody's listening right now. They're depressed. They're hurting. um, Or maybe a friend is. Either way. What would you say to them if they were sitting right here with us now? Well, there's, again, a couple of big pieces and related to this conversation about language. If we think about this idea that death is often less painful than what's happening right now Mm -hmm. or potentially less scary, Mm -hmm. we can go down a long list of emotions. We need to look at then. So there's two approaches. One, coping skills. What can make Ah. current things less painful and to a point where it's tolerable doesn't mean that it goes away but how can i cope with it i can cope where, with it right where death is not easier ultimately Ooh. and on the other part is hope i think that yes. goes very much hand in hand i mean that's part absolutely. of reason absolutely i became a psychologist was if i called it down to kind of one word mm-hmm. it would be hope and what we find is hope is actually one of the is like the number one protective factor which means the things that help prevent suicide oh y- you kind of think about it I may be in incredible pain, things that feel completely intolerable. If I am incredibly hopeful that this will change and will go away, death isn't as much of an option, ultimately. Mm -hmm. I see something happening. Mm -hmm. In contrast, I'm in incredible pain, and I have no hope that anything will ever change. That sounds pretty darn good. It does. And and you know what's interesting to me, as you've talked about death, death is such an unknown thing to so many people. It's true. You know, a, true. a faith, a, a person who has faith, a faith-based person has hope of what's going to happen to them sure. when they die. But a lot of people don't have that hope. So to, to me, it's interesting that somebody would think the unknown could be better than the known. That shows how much pain can be going on. Wow. Right now. So we're, let's go back to coping for, for a moment. Um, you and I have had this conversation a lot about coping and I'm, I'm getting to th- get to the point of thinking we probably should write a book on <laughs> coping skills because it is such a big thing. Cause it it's, it's, you know, especially with young adults, there are parents and, and, and educators and so on that kind of, you know, it, it, it slammed the, the hand down and say, Hey, stop doing this, stop doing this. But they're not understanding the reason somebody's doing something is a very good possibility, a coping a way to cope with that situation, that pain or whatever. So how do we make that turn so we start coping better? Does it start with hope then that gives I, us the ability I, I, to cope? Ideally, if we can find a piece of hope. Okay. And it's not just as simple as, oh, things will get better. Mm-hmm. So friends and loved ones out there, you know, just telling your person who is in pain saying, oh, it will get better. Yeah. If you've ever been in pain <laughs> and somebody telling you, oh, it'll get better. Usually you want to punch them in the face. I was going to say, I want to slap them. You know, I just yeah. Wanna... <laughs> yeah. best of intentions. Again, I think that's one of the yeah. challenging things around this area is we can be very well intentioned. We are trying to help as best as we can. And we could be unintentionally making things worse. Mm. Coming with somebody alongside them in love and trying to be able to understand as best as possible where they're at right now, where the pain is, and accept that as reality right now. Now, acceptance doesn't mean agreement. Sure. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and, you know, be passive. Right. Acceptance simply means acknowledging reality. And the reality is... This person or me or, you know, both of us are in incredible 
pain. And that is the first step in empathy, which starts being able to build a good relationship. And social connectedness relationships are also one of the best protective factors. If I can start feeling love, compassion, and support from loved ones, mm -hmm. that's what actually is the foundation of hope by and large. Awesome. And that relational, that community has to be with somebody that you can trust. Which I know really I found in my yep. own experience, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to open up. Right. I'm not really going to, I hate to say, I'm not going to listen a whole lot unless I know I can trust that person. 100%. You know, if I can't trust them and you took the word out of my mouth, empathy, because I kept thinking as you were talking, empathy comes up here, walking alongside, yep. understanding. I like that whole thing because there is a huge difference between accepting someone, a situation and approval. Absolutely. And I can remember sitting with a friend, and this is a, a bit different, but whose wife had died. Mm -hmm. And I sat there for two hours, and I don't think I said 10 words. And, and now, you know, for me, that, <laughs> you know, that's crazy because, uh, you know, I, I have this gift of talking or whatever. But that's not what he needed. I, I, and I had nothing to say other than I'm here for you. I, I can't begin to understand what you're going through, you know, that kind of thing. So that's really what we're talking about. Somebody coming alongside Absolutely. and, in a sense, putting their arm around somebody and saying, I, I'm just here for you. I want to walk with you. I want to encourage you. What frequently happens when somebody is in a place of believing that death is less painful and, and frankly experiencing that death is less painful mm -hmm, than what mm -hmm. I'm going through right now, having somebody be present with me in the moment. And as you said, often not even saying anything for any of us who have had deeply painful times of life, having somebody just sitting there, maybe a hug, maybe a pat on the shoulder can be a lot of different ways that sure. it's shown. Maybe just sitting across from one another, maybe not even looking at each other, yeah. just being just just a presence. sense of being their presence that is a way of having that acceptance and saying i see you we're here together and you don't have to do this alone Whew, that's huge and this is such an international problem absolutely you know i mean i i was talking to somebody in a coffee shop recently about i was talking to the manager about this these events that we had done for for students and, you know, the hashtag goodbye to mean thing and, and parents. And, and this lady said, well, are you planning to go to South Korea? Mm. She goes, I've taught there and I have connections. She goes, you guys need to go there. Mm. And I said, somebody else yeah. told me we need to go to Japan. She goes, oh, absolutely. So this is something that is happening around the world. But we want to say something to those of you that it's happening to you right now. Mm. So if if. Uh, we don't have, we're going to have to continue this conversation. I think we need to do an entire show on this at Utah. But for now, if we think about kind of the takeaway, uh, for a moment, let's talk to that person who's listening, who's saying, Steve, Josh, the pain, the depression, I, I, taking my, my life is looking a lot more acceptable to me than trying to hang in there. I don't have hope. What, what do we say to him? I, I think one of the first pieces is really acknowledging that yeah, it may be really bad. Mm -hmm. You may be experiencing and maybe have have experienced some horrific things. You probably are in very deep, real pain. And acknowledging that from someone else and from yourself yes. is important. Yes. Before making that decision and dying, which you, you can't come back from. Right. <laughs> ultimately. right. I mean, that, is, that is a final choice. It is. There are a lot of options that are out there to be able to help. No one thing works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And there's increasing resources, increasing interventions and things that can help. Reach so out. To try and be able to have some hope 
out there. I can't guarantee what would work mm -hmm. and how quickly it would work. There is something that will work. One of the things I'm trained in clinically is in called what we call dialectical behavior therapy, okay. DBT. It was developed by a psychologist in Washington called Marshall Linehan, and she developed it specifically for people who are chronically suicidal. Oh. Because this is something that's very difficult. Yes. Frankly, sometimes it's a group people don't always want to work with because sure. it's scary. Oh, I can imagine. With. I can imagine. And not a lot had worked. Yeah. Now, she's been developing it over the last few decades, and it has shown tremendous benefit. Wow. So just as, a, as an example of very hardcore research showing that there are new ways that are just like what we were talking about, hmm. being present, acknowledging, accepting what is going on right now, is a way that has given a lot of people hope to move forward. That could be a resource for some folks. There are suicide hotlines. Sure. There are hotlines just if you want to talk, and they can you can text, you can be anonymous. Yeah, you, it there doesn't are, matter. It's the beauty of technology today that there are so many options. I would ask, try some of them. Please, try. Contact us. Sure. I mean, right, you, you can send a text. Uh, you talk, text the word you talk to 411-247. Call us, you know, on, on our, it's not a hotline, but our line is there. It's 855-508-8255. Uh, uh, you can go to our website, utalkradio.com, but reach out to somebody. And for that person, quickly, who isn't struggling, which is fantastic, but they have a friend who is, the idea then is come alongside. Just, just put your arm around them. Just be present. Just say, I'm here for you. Call me, text me, come see me anytime. Just reach out to, to somebody. And a lot of these same hotlines and resources can be useful to loved ones to be able mm -hmm. to give ideas and, and look at specific situations because every situation is different. And that, that can make it a little more challenging, yeah, it can. but it's definitely possible. Just the fact that you're interested and concerned is tremendous and huge. You talk radio.